Well, there was a, it's, it's a verb. Cause like there, we had a, the little selection box in Levelhead, for example. And I was like, is this too thin? It's kind of hard to see. You it's know, when you thickened. Down. Yeah. So I said, I put a message to say, I was like, I need you to infatten the <laughs> Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 242 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm average height. I'm Sam, and I'm making levels. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is January 16th, 20 blendy. Yes. Before we get started, we have a... Some good news. We're going <laughs> <We're> to <laughs> be swearing on this show. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, there's going to be profanity, so... Uh, Time to celebrate. Get ready. <laughs> uh, also, we'd like to thank our recurring supporters over at moneygrab.bscash.net. Thank you all very much for your contributions to help keep our microphone juices flowing. Now, here's the deal. Hmm. It's been 77 hours since we started recording the last episode. Somehow, it feels like nothing has happened even though it everything also, has happened. <laughs> it also feels like it's been months. Yeah, it feels like it's been a long okay. time. So here's we're at a we're at an odd phase in level heads of development. We are not jam-packing a lot of new features into the game. We're basically like or a lot of small features. Yeah, we are we're tidying up a lot of loose ends. And unfortunately, some of our ends are really loose. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they have, they have more ends dangling off of them. Yeah, it's somehow. almost like a fractal end. It's a fractal. The closer you look at it, the more ends there are. Yeah. They're all, and they're all so loose. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm working on the multi-select tool, which I have now spoken about, as you may recall, multiple podcast episodes, <laughs> uh, two prior episodes and this one now. Started it in December. Why is this such a big deal? All it is is selecting multiple things. Yeah, I mean, you could already select one thing. Like, what's what's the what's big deal? Another one? Except you can't. So, <laughs> multi multi select as a concept is just like select some stuff and then move it around, or copy it, or paste it, or or whatever, or delete it, or 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 right mm-hmm. because it turns out there's actually a lot of different ways that this can interact with things, and nothing about the code for the editor was built with this concept in mind. Um, so it's been uh, it's been like a week of optimization, debugging edge cases. Uh, and and then like, so multi-select got to a point where we're like, okay, it's working pretty good. Uh, and then the next phase was we need, we want to try to do something with, with paths in level head. So you can select multiple path nodes and move those around. Paths are the, paths are the things that you can, Put stuff on and then they move around. Yeah. So Sam and I were talk respected out and we came up with some ideas for Pretty it. Very simple rules. Very simple. Very simple stuff. Yeah, like when you look at it, you're like yeah. simple to say. When you do this, this should happen. Yep. It's yep. like, oh, obviously. Yep. So I sit down to do it. <laughs> I'm looking through the code yes, started yesterday morning, and I'm just like, there is no way to do this uh, without completely ripping out. Every single thing that relates to path editing and rebuild it all from scratch. So I've been doing that. Yep. So nice. So I was I was telling Sam yesterday, I was like, at the end of the day, I reached a point after eight hours of grinding away at this thing, I reached a point where the game looked and functioned literally exactly the same way it did at the beginning of the day. <laughs> uh-huh. So again, working a lot feels like nothing mm-hmm. has happened because uh, it's all behind the scenes. So that's kind of where we're at. Um 
Sam, a lot you're of that going on. You're working on a bunch of new campaign levels. Yeah, so there's uh, originally I wanted for some arbitrary reason I was like we need a hundred levels. I mean, not arbitrary. It sounds it good. Sounds good, right? But then I was like, who gives a shit? We just need a lot of good levels. Yeah, that's all we need. And so whatever whatever we get, we just need to then when we market it, we need you to say over. And then one minus yep. yeah. Which is over the, 96 levels. Or, or, or even better, at least. And then you can use the highest <laughs> Up to up, <laughs> up to 340 <laughs> levels. Now, at least it's better because like at least could be any number above that. Up to is only up to. I that. did like our Crashlands move, which said that we have over, 20, over 27 recipes. And on screen, it was like 400. We had 420. Yep. Yeah. We could do the same thing and just have our words be the truth and the screen be the lie. Ooh, yeah. You know? There you go. Yeah, <laughs> as long as something is true, nobody can get us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. It's what That's I've been concentrating on is, you know, I played a lot of levels for from the community spotlights and just from watching players build stuff. Um, and people do, there's a couple of sort of categories of levels specifically that don't exist in the campaign yet. And so one of those is sort of the adventure style, um, basically the old school Zelda style level where it's one screen at a time. You move between screens and you're sort yeah. of kind of feels like Metroid. When yeah, kind of Metroid. Yeah. Um, and so while I've made some ga- some levels that are Metroidvania esque, and you have to go over there to get this thing to allow you to get over there, um, this one's actually specifically designed with that sort of camera style. Uh, and so that one's actually wrapped up and should be deployed in this in this current patch. And that was just sort of smack in the middle of of the whole campaign. It's called Crypt of the Watcher. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. It'll be really fun. But I think basically what I'm trying to do is I, I went from saying like, oh, I need to you know make a whole level out of all these little individual pieces um, to saying, OK, let's actually batch all of these pieces together and do some really cool uh, higher sort of concept level pieces that end up really what I want to do is uh, continue to use the campaign, not just to educate people about like the different elements uh, of the of level head, but actually to to sort of blow their minds about what's what's possible, right? And in, in the same way to build, to build in the yeah. same way that the community has actually done that for us, right? And so it's sort of this uh, really fun reflection thing. Where yeah, we just saw one today too that we had to we, yeah, like, we, like, we just stare out for a while and be like, "What is even like this is our game? We made yeah. the game. Yeah. We're looking at stuff. We're like, what is he? What what mechanic?" Is this? Yeah. So there's a lot Somebody of Somebody made a new mechanic out of the mechanics. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of that stuff. Um, and also uh, there's the, the basically the, the basic high concept I'm going for, that adventure dungeon thing, which is already done. Uh, a troll level. Yeah. Which I'm working on currently. I've Turns been, out trap sort of tra- trap or troll levels are actually well, much yeah, harder It's a to particular make. kind of troll level though, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, often when you hear troll level, you just think of one that's just designed to make you mad and that's, that's its purpose, right? But like the – I don't, is there a name for the I'd trap say adventure? It's trap adventure is basically a yeah. good yeah. troll level makes you laugh. Yeah, yeah, like that's it. Like it's, but people seem to think that it's designed that a good one makes you angry. No, it's not no. supposed to. Like, oh, I tra- I've trapped you into an unwinnable situation. Ha ha! Right, yeah. that's not great. Yeah. So we have one creator named Sethi who's had some previous trap adventure style levels. Yeah, they're that very are funny, absolutely hysterical. Um, and so I wanted to actually. Try one of those, like pull it into the campaign, show people that this is a thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, and the way that those are supposed to work is that the the creator of the level uh, puts an enormous amount of work in trying to figure out what is the player going to want to do, or how do I get them to do what I want them to do either mm-hmm. way, right? And then how do I make sure that the thing that they are going, the thing they will do, the thing that they were just definitely do in the scenario is going to harm them in yes. some way. Right? <laughs> and, so it's, it's and then just, they have to do things that make absolutely no sense. Yeah, but to, still make enough sense that you can figure out what to do right, when you yep. get stymied the first time. So the, the idea is that your first attempt should always fail. Basically, right? yeah. 
but your second attempt should be fairly clear. Like yeah. the next thing you should try. Yeah. To do. And so, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's been really fun to work on that one, but it's, I've been, it's been three hours deep and I'm like, it takes so long because actually everything is a contraption at that point because you're, it's basically deception. The whole level is just deception, right? So that one's really fun. Um, and then I have two other, two other ones, uh, one of which is sort of a, a larger scale adventure feeling thing, which would be probably kind of like the capstone level for, for the whole game. So, yeah. Um, those it ended I boiled down basically these 15 level concepts or 15 level pieces into four high level concepts and those are really what I'm focusing on um, and really just putting a lot into each one of those so there's these really kind of standout pieces throughout the campaign so that's what I'm working on right now Woo, a lot. yeah yeah a I'm lot. working on a, a sandbox server <clears> which <throat> is I don't know if it's cooler or less cool than it sounds. I think it just depends on what sandbox means to you and your brand, you know? Mm-hmm. But Well, I think the problem that you're trying to solve is a cool one. Yeah, which is basically we're going to launch this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know how many people will play it. Hopefully a lot. Seven Hopefully a lot. Or seven million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be anything because we're, I mean, we're, we're sim shipping on mobile um, and we don't know what we haven't actually talked about what monetization will look like there and all that kind of stuff. So who knows what that's going to look like, but let's just assume it's a free to play title for the We're going to try to hit whatever gets us a shitload of people. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind so, of our angle. so whatever's going to happen. So let's assume it's free to play. And now we've got Xbox game pass, mm-hmm. which is basically free to play right. also. Subscription. Yeah. Um, and so, so now out of the gate, we've potentially, if things go well, we have a really incredibly large number of people coming in on day one to play this game. Um, especially since we're sim shipping. So there's no like, we don't have a week to recover and then launch the next platform. Right. It's going to happen all at once. So we may have anywhere between, uh, you know, like the, the little trickle we have now, which is actually still, I can't remember what the numbers are, but we're still getting, you know, uh, hundreds of requests to the server per minute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're operating at this tiny, tiny scale right now. And then when we launch, it's going to go up literally by like 10,000 times. Probably. Yeah. Right. We so have no, but it's going to be, it's definitely going to be way more. But the yep. question is, is it going to be 10,000 times more? Right. Or 100 times? Uh, so instead of, so instead of to trying be? to answer that question, we just need to basically really create some scenarios where we just say, yeah. what will happen if it's a million times right. more? Because mm-hmm. now the, the idea is with, with modern web tech, you can basically automate things so that they can scale themselves, right? Yep. As long as their design allows for that without something really terrible happening. So I've designed everything, as far as I know, in a way that allows <laughs> for that, right? But I – haven't gotten to see if that's actually true. So like, I don't you only know as far as the player base we have. Is right. True, right. That's the only, that's the only like, that's the only test that's happened against it. But mm-hmm. the system is designed so that if, if it gets under too much load, it just multiplies itself. But will it, how long will that take? Yeah. And are there limits? Like, is there some limit where if our, if, if the current database setup we have hits uh, 3 million records and like a mm-hmm. like, will that just cause the thing to stop responding? Like I have, like, I just have no idea what's going to happen. So, well, the fun part about this is it's exactly the same kind of thing that I'm dealing with, which is once you've done this, yep. once you've built this sandbox, created an army of robots. Okay. Cause that's mil- the next step, right? right. The next step is now simulate players against mm-hmm. it, but they, I need to get them as close to possible as acting like real players because so, I, I need to be able to test the real world use case, right? right. So, uh, so that they need to be like logging in and out. They, they need to log to be, in, they need to upload levels, they need to do the whole thing. Change their aliases. Yep. And I need to test it then at multiple scales and see what happens. So it's yeah. going to be wild. And the thing is, once you've done that, you've done nothing yeah. in the sense that all we've done is found some things out. Yep. So mm-hmm. you're going to do all this work. And hopefully discover I don't have to do anything at all. Everything's great. Yeah. But- Mm-hmm. What's really going like, yeah. <laughs> really to happen is you're going to come out of it with a list of things that you need to fix. Yeah. And even worse is once you fix those things, 
nobody will notice. Yeah. Because everything, everything will work the same. exactly the same as it currently does. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Just more scalable. stable and more and scalable. More stable. Yep. Yeah. So we're in this that we're in that kind of weird phase of development, which is it's that one that that kind of like it's always there right before a launch, which is you really have to get into the the grunt work of the game of just like tightening up things, optimizing, mm-hmm. fixing bugs, just finishing everything out. Basically. Yeah, getting in those like last sort of like polish points or those those missing uh, features that kind of like mean a lot to the mm-hmm. overall health of the game. So something like this multi select, um, and so it's I, I I don't know I feel like this this area of game development can be kind of demoralizing if you're a solo developer because it feels like you can just never quite see the end, yeah. Yep. you know? Um, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. We don't have a specific launch date yet still, but we'll get there. <laughs> so um, otherwise, tomorrow we're working from home because we're about to be em- covered. And blizzarded. In- yeah. <laughs> we're going to be entombed in ice. Mm-hmm. That's entombed in ice is also, more word-like. I, I want to say, I love the the wordplay of putting en in front of something mm-hmm. to turn it into mm. into a verb yeah like i needed so i needed there was like or is it an adjective into an adjective well there was a it's it's a verb because like there we had a the little selection box in level head for example and i was like is this too thin it's kind of hard to see you know it's being thickened down. yeah so i said <laughs> i put a message to say i was like I need you to infatten the. <laughs> it's like embiggening, right? Same yeah. Thing. yeah, and it's like, and you know exactly what it means. I need you to embiggen this. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. So you need me to make it bigger. How do you, you know? choose between N and M? I think just whatever feels whatever good. feels good. Yeah. What is I think M? Generally, is when you need something uh, more. M is the prefix that means more on a thing. Okay. N is to, also to more. convert it into no. It's to convert it into something else, right? I guess you want in fashion. Yeah, that works too. But in fashion, this I think it's just whatever. It's kind of like a a, a versus and, right? right? Like it's just kind of yeah. There's there's a rule there, but it's actually like vibe. how you say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, every time I hear somebody <laughs> somebody put uh, an an human, which is like oh yes, right, the British person. Yeah, it's like the right. It's the right. The right and historical human. achievement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I do not like I do not like that at all. Yeah, so there's other stuff you could do. You could like in booking your ideas. Ooh, yeah, you know? that that's writing them where down? you that's where you turn it into a book. Oh, specifically know? a book though. Yeah, yeah, and booking and booking them. Anyway, so we're working from home tomorrow. <laughs> it's gonna be we're gonna be entombed in ice. Yep, and uh, it's a blendy Friday. The blendy Friday, blendy icy Friday. It's sort of yeah. a smooth smoothie. It's a frap. So given that we're all buried by odd jobs and that we're about to be in two Slaps only. <laughs> Slappers only. Slappers only. Odd jobs. Uh we're just gonna we're just gonna <laughs> hit questions really hard this time around. Let's do it. Uh so these questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bsgash.net. Top question comes from Gabe, who's on a roll lately, yeah. I'll say. Gabe says, what was the biggest mistake you guys have made as a studio and what did you learn from it? Oof. Really just uh, getting, getting, in, just getting, getting right, deep. <laughs> getting right in there. The biggest mistake. Mm. We need to be able to find all our mistakes and sort them by bigness. By bigness. Um, we need to insort so them. So we've got a few. So one of them, <laughs> was, uh, the one that was the most costly, but also the most educational was was scaling up double right after we launched Crashlands. Yes. Because at the time, our logic was 
we've made some money. In order to be successful, we need to add more people. And well, it was it was there are certain things that it's hard to do. Yeah. So if we add more people, those things then will be easier. People can help us do those things. Yeah. Yeah. But we did that without having the right we didn't have the right combination of attitude towards management, mm-hmm. understanding of what we were doing and why in terms of like why did we hire people, yeah. right? And production. And then and, and also then, and the production <laughs> yeah. and then personnel. We didn't like that, the combination we had was not could not possibly have worked out, yeah. basically. Um, and then it took us basically a year and a half or two years to like actually just realize that, that, that it wasn't, we'd been, we were trying to dig ourselves out of it the whole time. Um, but it was a situation that was not something that we could, that could have been resolved because it was basically just broken from the get go. Yeah. And of course so that like, was definitely our most costly mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By a lot. Yeah. Um, we also had another great one, which we have talked about in the past, which was our quadrupus. Yep. Uh, iOS postponement. <clears throat> yep. <laughs> So that was just like we we had a bug or something that got us rejected on or it was a, it was a policy thing yeah on the iOS App Store um, got rejected went ahead and just published it on Android anyway <laughs> yep. so and then we just put out a message on Twitter so like hey sorry guys like Quadrupus will come out on iOS whenever it whenever it gets mm-hmm. approved um, and apparently we were potentially going to get some kind of feature treatment or something like it was on the radar, but without a SIM ship, not going to happen. Yeah. So now all of a sudden we're an Android first studio, mm-hmm. which, yep. uh, which means justifiably are. Apple isn't <laughs> pumped about. Mm-hmm. Well, it's so. one of those things too. It's like, had that actually worked out because that was the, that's still the only free to play title we've made that was even decently monetized. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so it's possible that had we actually like, Gotten that feature treatment, yeah, the, the that, would have been a it would have trajectory. changed the entire trajectory. And that was on that was like 100%. month six, yeah. of the studio's yep. life. Uh, yeah, yeah, we may have actually hit a success point there instead yeah. of instead of, not. Two years, <laughs> instead of two years later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was that's fast. That's pretty big one. Yeah, um, and then I, I think generally, you know, in 2017, we did a lot of unusual things. Like we we made and scrapped a lot of games. Yeah. I don't think any of them were mistakes. I think they were all very educational. Um, but we did we did try to completely change our production process at various points, but without actually understanding our production process. Yeah. Well, I think we were we were doing that thing where you can tell that you can tell that there are improvements that could be made. But just because you can feel like things are hard yeah, to do. Yeah. But sort of what it feels like is is almost like trying on uh, trying on like other people's armor, basically. We're like, oh, I'll just take that, put that on. And you're like, I don't know how yeah. to actually move in this. I don't know how well, to actually and we did a lot this. of looking around at other studios and we're like, well, like AAA studios, like they're making big, huge stuff. And like they do this thing called pre-production where they spend like a whole year mm-hmm. planning out what this game is going to be and who, what the story is. And they have like reams of paper of yep. concept sketches and stuff. And we're like, we've never done any of that. Let's do all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so we started – Changing those things just to kind of experiment with it and see mm-hmm. uh, how it would go, but but we didn't we didn't have a good enough reason to do those things other than that other people were doing it. Those people were doing well, so there must be some kind of special yeah, sauce. I think, in I think there, the reality you know? again was that the, our production problems at the time were were so apparent in terms of uh, the problems they were causing that it wouldn't have mattered what attempts we made at adopting, whether it was, you know, any one of these things, I think until we actually understood what was happening on a production level where it's like, everyone just needs to know what works getting done and who's doing what specifically. That's sort of like the core of it. Yeah. Um, until that's actually there, it doesn't matter what you try to do with pre-production, even regular production, everything like that. Um, 
just kind of falls apart. Well, it's been a lot of fun. So I've been working on my DevOps talk for, for GDC. Um, and a big part of that talk is basically coming up with ways to visually convey to the audience through like flow charts and stuff mm-hmm. um, what was happening in our studio at various points. Because basically the first third of my talk is talking about all the ways that we did things wrong, like really, really wrong. Um, and then later you can see those same processes morph visually into mm. a clearly better, smoother, more automated process with like testing built in and stuff like right. that. And of course, like it's so obvious in retrospect when you know, when you know how to test things and when you know how to identify bottlenecks and when you know how to f- spot those production problems, uh, you can just see it. Like if somebody said like, here's what our art pipeline looks like and just handed you our, our original flow chart, you'd be like, what is this garbage? <laughs> yeah. um, but if you if you don't have the vocabulary for that, if you haven't if you haven't sort of talked mm-hmm. through those those kinds of things, then it's very non obvious. Actually, you need yeah. to be able to name things. Yeah, things need names. Yeah, you need to in, like they're demons. You have, yeah. to, you have to know their name in order to That's trap true. them to gain power. You have to know their true name. <laughs> yeah. If you can speak their true name, you own them. Yes, yeah. in order to entrap them. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> I, I would also say, so, okay, I never get on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, except for, except for I have a to-doist reminder. There's this one guy from my uh, law school days, or no, sorry, from my MBA days. And my last communication with him was, I was like, I'll see you on Facebook in five years. So I added a to-doist <laughs> reminder for five years from then to send him a message on Facebook. And I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was two years ago or two or three years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of that conversation, I was like, All right, I'll see you again in a few years. So I added another to do this reminder for three years from then. <laughs> so basically, I log into Facebook just to send this guy a, a message every few years, basically <laughs> as a joke. <laughs> so mm-hmm. today was my day. Oh. So I sent him my message. I'm not going to actually log in to check if he responded. So I guess, you know, we'll see in a few years. years. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but I saw. Trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm on on this train. (laughs) I saw a post from an old friend of mine uh, that said, it said, I wonder how many of the things I think I know that I'm wrong about. And I was like, nice. Hmm. And then he said, my guess is about 5%. (laughs) (laughs) And then somebody was like, 5%? Where'd you get that number? And then he responded, well, I don't know. It might be 10 I was like, where'd you get that? What? <laughs> yeah. So I actually, I did drop a response and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm at a hundred um, <laughs> because we're all at a hundred, right? We're all, like, all, we're, all some, we're all at least somewhat wrong about some of the things uh, that we're doing mm-hmm. at any given You're time. You're at least a little wrong about everything because we can't know the absolute truth. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, nothing is real. Nothing is you know? real. I mean, every things are real. It's just our perception of those things is... Is is imaginary? Yes. Well, that's the fascinating thing about this idea of making a, a poor uh, decision or, or like one of our biggest mistakes, right? Because you can only do the best that you can at the time. Also, we don't know. Yeah, and we won't know until further down the road. And some of them, some of them might, some of the worst mistakes we've made, we probably actually don't know about. Yeah, because they're on we're on such a different path from wherever that was, whatever that may have taken us to. Yeah, and we can, and we'll never know, right? Because it's a difference of paths. Because we could like could, today, we could be, you know, who knows, like. Had had we made one slightly different decision, you know, five years ago, maybe we would own this office building that we're renting right mm-hmm. now, right? I mean, by renting, I mean renting a room inside. Of, <laughs> yeah, you know? right, right. Uh, yeah, it's it's 
you just you can't know that there are some that you can look back and be like and you can just tell that you fucked something up yes right or maybe you'll even hear about it from maybe somebody else who was involved yeah. in it they're like i was about to do this for you and then you did this other thing yeah. and then i decided not to help you <laughs> or whatever then you know uh but then yeah then there's stuff like uh like what if a business deal comes in and you you think you negotiated it pretty good then you later learn some stuff and you're like oh my god yeah, that could have been a uh, lot better. Yeah. yeah. We could have done so much better had we just asked, yep. you know, right. or whatever. Like if yeah. they had sent one more email um, and you you never but know. The, but the crucial point there is up until that point in time, that later point in time where you realize something, you, you're you operating generally as if you haven't made a mistake in that particular arena, right? Yeah. So those are the ones that I think are the most comical because we the thing is we do enough stuff. It's just a fact. We do enough stuff and we have enough – we work with enough partners. We have enough external facing stuff going on that there's a lot of of these points at which whether by decision or just for an input or whatever else that something could easily just go sideways yeah well especially especially when so like so much of our success hinges on our personal relationships with people at the different platforms right which and it's literally like one-on-one communication so if you just if you're just like if you see them somewhere and like and then you don't recognize them in that moment or like you forget their name mm-hmm. or you just like walk by and like they're trying to get you know like there's all these things that can just like dampen their opinion of you a little mm-hmm. bit which is like harm a harmless thing that basically dampens their opinion and over time it can just get more and more sour because mm-hmm. like somebody interpreted something wrong or whatever and if that happens like you won't even know it. Yeah. Right? And then just like, <laughs> yeah. just like someday we'll reach out to the, As to with our any partner and they'll be like, yeah. and they'll be like, fuck you. We're not going to, yeah. <laughs> except yeah. probably not that explicit, but no, yeah. it mostly mm-hmm. just won't answer. Is what yeah. Have. Yeah. So we've made a lot of mistakes. We're probably making tons of mistakes just huge all ones. the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah. You just got to keep moving. Keep, keep the goal is to stay alive long enough to realize how bad you fucked everything up. Right. To realize some of the ways in which you fucked up. Yes. I just had a weird deja vu moment. I feel like if we – Did we just split the universe or something? (laughs) Something happened? Oh. What? Wait. Did I talk to you guys about the universe splitter? No. Maybe. Okay. (laughs) I need to bring this up because I think it's fascinating and I want to know you guys' opinion of it. The universe splitter. Okay. And also because I'm pretty sure Adam's going to be like, this is bullshit. All right. This American Life. Great radio show. Mm-hmm. They talked about quantum particles and that mathematically it's believed that they are going two directions at once. That's like apparently how, That's how they do. It's the only way that it would make sense for them to exist somehow based on the math is <clears throat> like they have to be going in multiple directions simultaneously. But when they get uh, measured, like in terms of people actually figuring out like where is it, where did it go or whatever. It's the uncertainty principle. It's only ever in one place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it was going two places, but it's only in one place, what about the other place, mm. right? And so, th- so this is what where people take the idea of parallel universes, which is quantum particles do go into places. They just go into into parallel universes. Hmm. Do they only go into two places at once, or infinitely many? Apparently, places at once? two. Okay, which is just one other parallel universe. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are infinite other parallel universes. And there's a question. This is this, this is what the mm-hmm. theory. Uh, so the question is like, if, if every time a quantum particle moves, does it just create a parallel universe mm. where in one universe that particle went right, and the other universe that particle went left? They're very powerful. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it's like basically free to create a universe. It's very scalable. Apparently, uh, I mean, it would have to be because like <laughs> the scale required. Right. Well, but the scale think required about the sheer number because we're talking quantum particles, right? Right. So the sheer – because this is happening presumably, presumably at the smallest 
length of time, right? Which is a, yeah, all what is the that time. thing called? It's like a yeah, the Pico. Is it the Pico? No, no, I mean like small. It's, like, it's a a plank a plank, plank oh, yeah, number a plank six plank. Plank second. I don't know what it's called. A plank but minute. A plank minute. Which is that's like, when you plank like, for a whole. It's minute. the idea that that time is never continuous. <laughs> it goes in steps according to plank the plank yeah. time, right? So, but then presumably that every single tick of the universe, then these things could go either way. And what this is saying is that they actually go both. They go both, and just every time they do that, a new universe. But that means is that every oh, think about the both. sheer number, because because once you start talking about that, then like it's infinite. Then who? No, but it's, it's infinite in because because. Like, because infinity, the one of the things that's fun about it is it actually has degrees, right? So like yeah. if you're if you're doing math stuff, just and, how infinite? It's like how infinite <laughs> is it? The the sheer very the sheer <laughs> amount of infiniteness <laughs> of this idea. It's way more infinite than most infinite things it, it would normally. It's probably, it's probably it actually maximum. It's probably infinite. the most infinite thing yeah. that there is. Now, okay, easily. Now let yeah. me reel this back into the because the, the question is like, who gives a shit? I guess. This is, well, this <laughs> this is why you should give a shit. Okay, so. So given that this is this is clearly what's true, happened. Yeah. what's really happening uh-huh. yep. is that is that parallel universes are constantly being generated infinitely. Okay, uh, so this research university can't remember which one it was, but go listen to American Life mm-hmm. if you want to know. They made an app called Universe Splitter, and in this app, you you say like two you you write down two decisions that you're like trying to choose between. Like in the case of the show, is like do I grow my beard or do I shave it off, mm-hmm. right? Then you you hit send. It sends your question over to this university, and they measure a quantum particle. Okay, and they measure. A quantum, so if okay. it so if the quantum particle goes left, then you are in the universe where you chose the first thing. Mm. If it goes right, then you're in the universe where you chose the second right. thing, because the idea is that if the one particle goes both directions, then there is now you've now. Split the universe mm-hmm. where there's now two of you, where one of you got one outcome of the particle and the other version of you got the other outcome mm-hmm. of that same particle. How would that impact whether you shaved your face? Because you, you do, well, you have to do what it says. You're supposed to do, oh, you have to do what it says. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't, then you're, you know. But then probably is, the other person so, in the other universe also didn't do so it. So how, <laughs> how is this any different than the fact that in a single tick of the universe, you just already became infinitely many other people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and probably one of them also shaved their face. Well, like, this one is a lot, this one's a lot this. more measurable, you know. Mm-hmm. But so if it, you say like for lunch today, do I want pizza or cotton candy? Which mm-hmm. is as I'm sure that's how most of us decide. Then now you you can whichever one you pick, you can split the universe and know that out there, <laughs> definitely, definitely, another version of you is, is having enjoying, is enjoying the other thing. <laughs> but that's that's just. That's just already true, though, because the sheer the sheer amount of because this is the thing that this is why I don't care because <laughs> the sheer volume of infinity involved in this thing I'm dying. <laughs> that's Get it been together. happening. I got it since the beginning of time. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. Since the beginning of time, mm-hmm. every tick of the universal clock has spawned infinite universe. the most insanely infinite number of mm-hmm. other universes this whole time, right? and each it's been branching ever since, right? Uh-huh. So. In, if that's true, then literally anything you can imagine, no matter how insane. Well, this is basically mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. Exactly. Right? Like, <laughs> it's happening somewhere. Which does have a level of nihilism in it. Where like there are some episodes of that show where they actually like die. Yeah. Or oh, yeah, yeah. And then they just like, well, we'll just – they'll, they'll, or they'll accidentally kill versions of themselves from another universe. Mm-hmm. 
or completely destroy one universe and they just hop over into an adjacent universe yeah. and like replace themselves. Mm-hmm. Or something. But in that case, who would care because universes are free? Exactly. Right. And then, so, and it's, uh, so the question is, <laughs> who needs this many universes? Who is behind this? Mm-hmm. What is their deal? I mean, the answer is always money. You know, it makes more someone money this is, way. Someone is making money. That is true. If you're constantly generating infinite universes, that's a lot of money. It's gotta be worth but, something. No, but it isn't though, because the amount of inflation. Because again, the amount of infinity here is stupid. Yeah. So it's like money. Like it's 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 infinitely. It's not only infinite. It's also every moment creates infinity more. Right. Sure. So the amount of of growth is just like you can't like a dollar in the in one tick of the clock is worth now one infinitieth of a dollar yep. yeah but tick. it's all like you said some infinities are larger than others but this so is clearly all, the biggest one well no because all that there needs to be is just one more thing that's a bigger infinity than this one and now your currency can be used you know in, in that context in that context but but if that thing but if you can now represent that thing in our universe then you can now have infinite versions of that again you know what I mean? Oh, that's true. So like that's true. <laughs> so I guess uh the fractal loose end. <laughs> the fractal I mean? loose end. All right, next question comes from Captain Jazz, who says, People like to ask, which of your five Do they? which of your five senses or six, if you're one of those people? <laughs> uh, I mean, I do want to keep my proprioception. Yes, yeah, so you have far more than five senses. Which one is pro- that's S- your ability to, your ability to know to, where your body is. Yeah, to know where your body is in space. It's like, do you want to close your eyes and move your arm somewhere and know where it's going to be, you mm-hmm. know? Oh. Like, not not exactly necessarily, but like, ha- knowing that your arm is up versus down. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's yeah. a pretty good one to have. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, which sense would you like to lose? Or prefer to lose? Not like. <laughs> it's not, it's not a <laughs> <laughs> Dang, Captain uh, Jazz. If we got to include all senses, I would just take pain away. Mm. I can just choose one to remove. But there are those people who have that. I know. Like, it's also bad. It's also dangerous. I know yeah. that. The sense but I want to remove. I think I'd rather have that danger than most Here's of the thing. Adam already has lost a sense, which is the ability to imagine inside of his own mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I didn't lose it. I never had it. So I don't know what it would be like to have it, you know? What exactly. about that sense where when you're carrying a heavy box and your nose itches? I want to get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Itching. 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 That's mm. a terrible one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like, okay, how often... When something itches on your body. Do you really need to scratch it? And then you scratch it and you're like, problem solved. Thank God I did that. Pretty much never. Instead, Thanks, body, for making sure that I did that. Like like maybe you get a bug bite and your body's like, hey, fuck this whole area of your arm. (laughs) You're going to now just kind of rip it up. Just going to rip it to pieces. It's Uh not going to help. Just expose yourself to bacteria. The bug Uh stuff is in there. Mm -hmm. and It's already too late. No matter how much you scratch it, you're only causing more you're only You're just shoving bacteria in that hole now. Yeah. Uh, now, I guess it does alert you. For example, maybe you've got lice. Maybe you got bed bugs. Yeah. You, know? you got a situation you got to handle more broadly than on yeah, your own. Yeah. I wish there was just a better way, you know, of knowing those things <laughs> than just being itchy. <laughs> well, you that thing that where when you have an itch, if you just wait and then it just goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, as long as you're not thinking about it. Yeah. If you think about it, it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Because sometimes if I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep or something and like my back randomly itches and I'm just like, I'm not moving. I refuse to move from this position. And then at some point, my body's like, fine, and gives up. Now, what wow. about the sense? What about the sense? Or a sense of overwhelming dread. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that one. <laughs> yeah. Can we skip that? A that sense of general panic. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be good to get What about of. the sense of your tag 
poking off the back of your t-shirt into mm-hmm. your neck. Oh my god! That's <laughs> yeah, I started just cutting those off my shirts because I hate. Fuck that. that sense. How about a rock in your shoe? <laughs> that's a sense that I have, and I don't like. I it. think we're talking about sensory experiences versus full board. But how senses. can you separate those out? Because yeah. like the thing is, I know. When there's a rock in my shit. Specific. That's a very specific sense. I have a, the ability to sense That's that true. that very specific thing is going on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just how you can sense that your arm is up mm-hmm. or that your eye got poked. Yep. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's not a great sense mm. either, really. Getting like an eyelash in your eye, like, that's fine. Yeah, so what about like it's not hurt anything. if something is pushing on your eye? But just a little what bit. What sense is that? Because you know exactly what's happening. <laughs> right? It doesn't hurt Necessarily, depending on how hard you know it pushes. <laughs> pressure, you could but, sense pressure. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I, yeah, I remember when I got when I had my wisdom teeth out and like, and I was all yeah. numbed up, but I could feel pressure. You can hear them, and you can hear it, and you can smell it, and you can taste it. Right, you got all, you got everything except for the pain. Mm-hmm. But the pressure That's was real. really it was weird to have pressure decoupled from pain. Yep. I, I was not a fan of that. I mean, yep. I didn't want the pain. Oh yeah, it's weird. But, yeah, because you know it's supposed to hurt like hell. Yeah. Yep. And it's and not the pressure somehow makes you know that that's true. Kind of you know make I mean? that kind of makes me sweat a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I hate this. What about the sense of you know there's a zit on your head? <laughs> oh, you know, it's you coming? know it's there. Mm. No, like it's there now. Mm, okay. Doesn't hurt at all, and <laughs> doesn't feel like anything, right? Like, but you know it's there. Like you know that it's there. You can <laughs> sense mm. it. Right. It's like tightness in the skin. It's, it, for some reason, it's it's sort of associated itself with your mental image now. Yeah, and for <laughs> some reason, when you imagine what you look like from the outside, you just look like one giant zit. <laughs> when really, it's like a, a pinprick. It's not of even Very very slight. So this red. Is, now you're talking about your sense of self. You're, Ooh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't need to sense that. That's <laughs> too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about that feeling when you suddenly uh, sense your entire house like when there's a noise at night oh yeah cracks and suddenly for some reason you're now aware of all of the ways in which your house could make that noise and whether or not things were that Mm. noise you know what i mean your your sense of imminent murder (laughs) (laughs) i guess well you need that one but really that's it's not fun because mostly it's mostly misfires yeah i think it's not useful most of the time and in the cases where it would have been it's probably too late that's the that's a weird thing that you could like you, you could be in your bed sleeping you hear a noise and you know you're you're living you know your domicile well enough to literally have a sense of of the thing of how mm-hmm. it should be operated. You sort of yeah have extended you've creepily extended you've possessed the house. Yeah, <laughs> you're a house ghost, you're, <laughs> which is also what you do when you drive a car, right? Because you're not thinking about what you're doing. Well, that's well, the thing. Totally you start driving. One sense I don't have is where the fuck the back of my car. Is. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm, not I, even, I'm not even sure where the sides when of the I car <laughs> When I go to Parallel Park, I'm like, oh, oh God. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm, right I'm so close. And then I get out and I'm like eight <laughs> feet away. We, we need can those, fit like three cars in uh-huh. We need those cameras. We need, to get, we need to get new cars so we can actually get yeah, cameras. Yeah, well, apparently nobody has this sense. So we just put no, cameras in there. We're yeah. Like, yeah. You know, a sense I wish I did have, mm. a sense of accurate volumes. Oh, yeah. oh no that's idea. a game changer. Yeah, we talk like there's always this question about what sense would you lose, but it's like which sense would you gain? Yeah, there's so many good senses out there we don't have. Yeah, area and volume. People oh, man. just can't. You can't even like when someone says like, oh yeah, you know, um, you know, I got like I got a cup of water here. You got like a jug here. This one's maybe you know kind of a trapezoidal shape or a weird pyramid thing. The other one's a regular cup. Which mm-hmm. one has more in it? I don't know. I, I don't will know. never know. It's a mystery. And it's always it's always. Absolutely astonishing. If you, t- <laughs> if you take like a glass of milk or something, yep. or a glass of water, uh-huh. and you pour it into a mixing bowl, 
Yeah. And like, where the fuck did it go? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's gone now. Yep. It's just like a tiny film across <laughs> the Yeah, it's sort of like the But back then you dump that on the floor and you're like, how it's the fuck was it? <laughs> <laughs> How is that possible? How does it go from being nothing to being a 45-minute cleanup job? It's like the yeah. fact that you have like, what, 30 feet of intestines? Think yeah. about that. It's, or is it 12? How are they it's in at least there? 12. It's a bunch. You have 45 like miles of nerves. Yeah. How those get in there? How do the – what? Yeah. This is that infinite universe. Somebody did this, and I need to know <laughs> who's responsible. Why did they do – actually, no, you, have, you have infinite – Miles of nerves because every universe also yeah, has the same forty-five miles. So just take forty-five. Are those mine though? How do I get them? You just kinda, <laughs> how do I? I think you just already. Don't you remember them. that movie, The One? The One, yeah, with Jet Li. Jet Li. Did they killed, have a finite number of universes there? And you had to kill every one yeah, of them. You so kill every, every time you kill so, or you someone at a parallel, you dies in a parallel. And you universe, get their power and you gain their power. And so yeah. there are a few people who realize this. There's there's no, but there's only travel. like 12 universes or something, I guess, in this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, also, like I feel like the premise is kind of bunk because it's like the you only have to do this once, right? Because like the first time you go into some universe and just shoot yourself, just like mm-hmm. shoot the other version of you, you're now double in power. No, no, because I think it diffuses over all existing, yeah. all still existing people. Yeah. Oh, so you got to like kill quite a few, yeah. Because before you're you, strong and yeah, those ones don't even count. Because yeah. like if, if there's like if there's twenty of you and you kill one, like you just got five percent better. Because yeah, that story is about about the and so did villain. everybody else. Though. And so did everybody yeah. else. Well, that story is about see. basically the villain then finding finding the last one, but they're actually the same power level now. Yeah, and that's the problem, right? Mm. Because now they're trying. He's trying to kill him, but he's like it's hard because they're extremely they're godlike. Yeah. At that point. So, that, so the, that's the thing. So that you want happen. the sense? <laughs> <laughs> so you want the ability to this is the sense. problem with parallel universes. We shouldn't allow it. No. This is too confusing. They're banned. They're, but they're yeah. banned from this podcast. Yeah. I'm glad that we can't sense the nerves of our parallel selves. That would be very problematic. Yeah. In many ways. I wish I could sense whether it is hot or I am hot. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, right like now, all I know is just like, I'm hot. I feel hot. Right. Is this me? But yeah, what right. I don't know is, is it hot? <laughs> is it hot in this room? Or yeah. am I just hot? Yeah, yep. I think with that, you know, the ability to touch your forehead and tell if it is hot or your hand is hot oh, yeah. or cold. That's, but that's impossible. Because yeah. you have to get someone else to touch your forehead. The thing. Yeah, actually, but you know. Actually, but they don't you know either because they, they don't know how hot like, I don't is. know what. Yeah. yeah, you can't sense temperature. You can only sense temperature differences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't know – yeah, you can't touch your hand to anything and know what the temperature of that thing is. All yeah. you know is whether it's hotter or colder than your hand, yep. which is so dumb, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what a people, dumb skill. I, I can tell whether something is warmer or colder than my hand. Well, people, I think people <laughs> tend to – I think people tend to think that like – you know, because we have body temperature, right, mm-hmm. which is actually a wider range than people think. But also I think we get the sense that like our – body is mostly at that temperature but not like it's basically our guts yeah our guts are that your, temperature your middle our your middle, middle. Guts. that's and why it, they don't just touch a thermometer to your cheek they got to really put it in there yeah somewhere. sometimes really <laughs> it's got to get in there yeah to measure the inside of your body mm-hmm. yeah. i wonder how, how cold <laughs> how cold can a hand get you pretty know? fucking cold mine feels like ice right now. mine does too it's cool. Yeah, all of us apparently work. The freezing but rain is coming. Are, but here's, here's a question. Our hands are feeling themselves right now. Right. The, to find the, out how that's true. To Just find out how itself. cold they are. But no, we're like, <laughs> we're like, how cold is my hand? So like you've kind of you you make a fist and you kind of feel it, right? But if your whole hand is cold, well, you can tell that it's cold. And then it still but again, feels cold. If I touch my forehead, all I know is either <laughs> my forehead is hot or my hand is cold. Or both. Or both, but maybe neither. Right. No, it's right. got to be. Wait, hold on. All I know is that like one is warmer than the other. Yes, right. but that's all they I know. They could both be hot. <laughs> they could both be hot or both be cold. Yeah. So 
There's I don't a lot know. of senses there for you. I, I think know. that answers the question. Senses are <laughs> all right. Your mommy's a pretty good one. I feel pretty That's good a good about sense. That. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my top five senses, yeah. mm-hmm. which I have 600 senses. As we've, <laughs> yeah. There are many. Disgust. Also, being able to see dead people, obviously, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that is a good one. <laughs> yeah, I'd skip that one. They've got a lot of wisdom. Do, Do they? they? They're dead. I mean, live people don't have wisdom. Why would dead people? Because mm-hmm. people killed them for their wisdom. <laughs> Just like Jet Li. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Next question comes from Chalosis. Y'all have such a fun and positive energy on the podcast. Do you get gloomy or frustrated as a team ever, like the rest of us? Or do you make a point of keeping the office culture also fun and positive? Ooh, I don't think we've ever been. I've never I felt ever bad been negative in my life. <laughs> I've never only ever felt good things. So yeah. I think the- I'm pretty sure we have some podcast episodes that are clearly a little bit gloomy. We do try to put on our our best game face for the podcast. We put on our clown pants. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. yep. everybody's got one. Mm-hmm. Just one pant. <laughs> That's why you got to come together as a pant. team to Collect bring the them together, together into pants. Yeah. yeah. we. There are definitely some podcasts where you can you can feel it a little more. I think. I mean, yeah. the thing is generally we all, we all have a good time working. So that's – I think that's sort of – that's been always true or just about always true. It's always fun to work on stuff. Sometimes it's fucking hard. Yeah, but it's so to just like sometimes it's frustrating. Yeah, but, sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's just a lot. There's a lot of things happening. Yeah. And it's like being pulled in a lot of directions. And so I think the 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 sort of negative negative energy stuff that we generally feel is one of uh, just the uncertainty fact yeah. of things, or or the frustration um, of of an, like with level head. Like we know we have a stellar game. It's very good, and according to the people who have played it. But not even that. Like it's I, possible like, that everybody I who hasn't played it hates it. We don't know, mm-hmm. but but, we, but the thing is, we've played games before, you know, yes. a lot of them. Like we know that this is a stellar; it's a stellar title, uh, and 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 having it be so hard to then like get other people to even look at it. Mm-hmm. That's the part, which is also true for Crashlands. Like get, getting people to oh, look yeah, at it same. and being like, "Please give me your fucking eyeballs, <laughs> turn them around, and make them look yep. at this and experience this thing." And trying just to convince somebody to give it a shot. I think that to me, that's where basically the entirety of my frustration and worry and everything comes from is that it would be different if we had something that I thought was bad because that's a different set yeah. of, of worries and problems. Yeah, like, but well, it's obviously. Like, but there, it's, mm-hmm. there's, it's just particularly frustrating knowing that we've got something good that's worth something and having the struggle with actually getting anybody to give it a chance to discover that that's mm-hmm. true. Right. But yeah. This, this is something that we've that we've been talking about quite a bit in the studio recently is basically this question of like, you know, the game's been in early access for quite a long time and we haven't found a large audience for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that's a something we can do anything about, should worry about, should do anything about. Does um, it mean anything? But also given that our launch plans are actually huge. Yeah. And we already we already have things locked in that will just do they'll just it'll just do well, mm-hmm. right? We're in so, basically the best situation that we can be for launch outside yeah. of having people actually talk about the game. Right. right? Yeah. And so the, the big question that we keep coming back to is like, yeah, but like what about right now? You know? Yeah. And well, we've, hard, we've had to kind of to learn know. to just take it in stride and just focus on the launch and just think, okay, that's where we're putting all of our, all of our time and energy. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, some, there's clearly things that happen in the studio where like things just don't work out sometimes and things are harder. Um, yeah. I think part yeah. of a big part of it is when you have a team um, – the the broader perspective is easier to keep when you're when you are personally falling into yeah. a negative spiral about some particular thing because 
uh, whether it's one of these things or just some particular work project or, you know, someone not emailing you back or any of these things. Um, when you can, when you can turn to someone else and be like, oh, this is just bumming me out. And they're like, Hey, remember the other times when it happened and it didn't matter? Don't worry about it. And you're <laughs> it like, still oh matter. yeah. Yeah. Well, um, it does depend on your team because I think because there are people who just tend towards negativity, and if you get a bunch of those people together, yes, then you're just fucked. So. Yeah, we do have a very so don't we have a that. very buoyant office culture. Yeah, a lot of well, and I think math. there's another thing that we do that maybe a little bit less typical in terms of like a workplace, which is anytime something goes wrong, I've lit- I don't think I've ever seen it happen. And now, how, many, how long have we been making games? At least one, seven and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Um. Where something went wrong and then the conversation turned to who was at fault right? and yeah. what to do about that, mm-hmm. right? It's always just been what happened. How do, how do we fix How do we, we as a team fix, yeah. fix this? And, and then, then how do we keep it from happening? Again? Right. And then how do we collectively update our processes mm-hmm. to keep it from happening? Um, because like it just wh- – why? Like, well, why? We're all learning all the time. I think that's, that's yeah, the recognition. People that. make mistakes and if, and if people get the feeling that if they make any mistake – that they're just going to get torn to shreds, you know, then like, then, then people don't reveal that they've made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And now you have people burying problems and then it's worse for everybody, you know? So yeah, the office culture generally is very, very buoyant. Um, very fun. Everyone's going to just hanging out most days basically it feels like. Um, and so I think all of that, all of that kind of wraps up to make it possible so that we can, we can write out some of these places where normally you would fall into like a negative mm-hmm. kind of a thing, which is really good. Yeah, yeah, we always get pulled out of it pretty quickly. I know. I, I will say, around early access launch of Levelhead, yes, there was that was a some solid bummer. like week or two where we were just kind of handling. There was a suppressed mood mm-hmm. um, in the office, but but even still, I think suppressed relatively because yes. we were actually still having a good time. Like we were still enjoying the work, we were still having fun with each other. Uh, there was just this kind of like this sense of. Of dread, maybe <laughs> yeah, right. wish we could lose. Yeah, it was that like one, that you know? didn't happen how it was supposed to. Happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do we do about yep. it? Yep. Um, yeah. So you know, it's not all sunshine and ponies. It's just like <laughs> it's, it's like Instagram. You know, it's like you're you're seeing because we we put on a podcast filter. Yeah, there's pop, also it's called a pop filter. It keeps us from yes, blasting. But there's spirit. also a reason we don't talk about like podcasts and the fact that the world is on fire very much, right? That, yep. that kind of stuff. <laughs> it is though. I mean, it's literally, it's literally on fire. But we we try to keep this, and we try to bring like when we're bummed about something going on in the studio, or we think mm-hmm. that we we're worried about a thing, we try or to bring that in here, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, we just because uh, a lot of the main goal of this is to be a place where we get to focus on positivity and having fun, mm-hmm. um, but also where. Uh, we want people who are listening to have that same experience because, you know, in a lot of ways, the world is a nightmare. And if you can have a haven where you can just. Uh, what if the world was instead a dream? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right. Next question comes from Balbus <laughs> Whispit. Balbus Whispit. Ba- Balbus Whispit. Balbus Whispit. This is a good Harry says, Potter universe, universe name. Says Univore. I feel Univore. like you have to say it that way. You can't like can't be like Balbus. Like it's Bulbus Buffon. Balbus Whispit <laughs> says, I recently decided to pick up a new instrument. It's been fun learning to play, but I'd be lying to say I wasn't getting antsy at the thought of practicing every day for months, realistically years, to achieve the level of fluency I desire. Like Sam expressed at one point, I tend to get caught up in picking a class and end up never making meaningful progress. How do you stick to it? When is a good time to give up? Help! <laughs> Praise be Scotch. That was the last 
Mm, nice. uh, yeah, for me, I just don't do those things. <laughs> my, Adam my has given up categorically. Yeah, I really have because I just gave like, up on giving up. Wait, on doing things. On or? doing things. Okay, because yeah, I need a. <laughs> what, basically, what I found is that if I have, if I have to unpack this, if I've got a team with a goal, right, mm-hmm. where there's like an interesting problem that we're all trying to solve together, and I feel like I'm a part of it, and like we're trying to accomplish things, right. Then I'm like all motivated all really into it. It's fun. And, and then it's great. And so, so I get that from my work at the studio, right? Uh, but it's also true for things like – I guess I'm very, uh, very outcome-oriented, but in a, in a very – I'm not sure what the – like, so I don't care if I can like do a thing well. I want to be able to like have a thing that I made if that kind of – like I need to do, do a thing well to get there. But it's like it's – You like need the, to be doing it for a good reason. I need, like, I need a reason right now. So, yeah. so I hate practice, the whole concept of practice. Hate it because mm-hmm. you're just practicing to get better, which you are always doing just by doing all things, the time. right? So I I tend to gravitate towards, which is why I like programming so much. It's like it's a thing that I can already be doing something, right? And every time I'm doing it, I'm also getting better. And so for mm-hmm. me, then practice and creation are just the same thing. And so that's and where I can spend time, like you know, learning new things about it. But it's all still in service of of my moment to moment creating things and making things happen that I think are really interesting. And so going off and doing a new thing. Where it's like, I just want to be like, like woodworking or something, which I, for a while was dabbling mm-hmm. with. It's like a thing that I just like the idea of, right? Yeah. Like I, I cannot, I cannot make myself do it because I, something I just like the idea of and that's the end of it. Um, I can't make myself do it. Yeah. Like, what's not, what's your end game there? Yeah. Well, I think part of it is the, uh, going back to that team aspect question. Yeah. Um, which is something that, the, I mean, really the only way that I was able to start practicing art stuff was by getting some accountability systems built in so that I had a reason to be doing it, essentially. Yep. You need a why. Yeah, that, and that why can be as simple as, well, I have an assignment due on Tuesday. So right. that's it. Yeah. You know. And what kind of music, having a band. Yeah, having a band. Like if, that would yeah, be the main thing. If, you're in a, if you want to pick up an instrument, um, or it is just hard. a teacher. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it is hard to do it by yourself. Uh, so, again, having, whether it's a friend who's like, oh, yeah, like we'll, let's go, we'll jam on Sundays, mm-hmm. for example. Which means that by the time the jam comes, you need to, you know, you gotta be pra- have practiced so you can throw out some chords or do some good stuff, yeah. right? You want to be able um, to show off, yeah. So I think, or at finding, least not suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think really it's it's a structural thing again, kind of like what we talked about in the last couple episodes, um, where I, you know, I I think some people, I actually I don't know if I've met a person who's able to just like practice for the sake of practicing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there must be people. There must. Well, I think this, it might be but one with, of those myths. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what that's. I don't know what that means. Even you know, mm-hmm. like, no. yeah, just what is that? But mean? I, I think I think you seized on it, which is just is just don't think about it in terms of brute force or willpower or like, oh, it's a personal failing if I can't just spontaneously to learn how yeah, to trumpet to just whip out yeah. the the need to learn to trumpet and just do that every day for hours for years with no yeah, there's, no, there's no reason to think that you should be able to just do that yeah and i mean even like if i think about the things that i'm able to to do that i learned how to do maybe like when i was in high school or college or whatever it was always part of a group it was always part yeah. of some kind of structured program or you just had to for some reason yeah, and, the, and the one thing that i'm uh that i would consider myself self-taught at is game maker programming but i had a very sp- explicit purpose to that and i even like within a few months i had a kickstarter yeah that i was suddenly obligated to finish this game project which i by the way was completely incapable of finishing <laughs> uh, but that didn't stop me from working on it for like 12 hours a day right for 10 months right and so like i had a thing that i had i had to do it 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just did then. Yeah. So I think what I would do if you're having trouble with the practice aspect of it is actually take a step back and find – Don't it, think about – it's not about you. It's about what's around you. Yeah. So find find a structure that you can sort of pop this idea into that actually makes doing it more way more meaningful, way more exciting. Mm-hmm. So whether that's like, oh, I have a friend or I can get a teacher for just like 40 minutes a week. Or you can, you or you can boot up that focus mate. Yeah, do focus mate. Or whatever, um, yeah. Which that's sort of like a very moment-to-moment thing, right? Because it's yep. like I just need to be there for that hour yep. to get this thing done. Um, and I did actually have a guy practice violin while I was yeah. doing my thing with uh, Focusmate one time, which is very funny because I would look over the webcam. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, why not? You know. And so there's yeah, there's basically there are a couple different time scales you can work it on. But I think if you're yeah, yeah, I think trying don't beat beat yourself up about not being motivated to do these things when there's not a good structure in place for it because it's just. Because that's the that's thing. just the thing. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, there's some pieces of it too. I know for me, a lot of it is that there's a there's a loneliness aspect too. Because yeah. I, I don't mind being alone at all. Like doesn't bother me at all. But when I'm trying to make myself do something, there's something that suddenly makes me feel like I'm alone. You know? <laughs> yeah. If I am, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't know how to. I don't know what that. It's means. a sense. It's that a you sense have. of aloneness. <laughs> But so, like, so if I'm at I home, I feel so it's alone. Like, so my, it's a struggle, is what it is. Yeah, because right? so like, like, my wife and I both just we have pretty independent, like working on stuff at home lives, right? Where mm-hmm. she'll be like, she'll be doing her writing stuff, I'll be doing some programming, uh, or whatever. But like, so we're just we're not talking to each other, right? But being in the same space, where it just makes it easier to do stuff, right? Yep. And uh, why do you think people like coming to co working spaces? Yeah, it, you, it, you have to rent helps. a desk. You rent a desk in a crowded place, yeah, like two hundred bucks a month. Yes. Well, I think, so I think there's a particular yeah, problem with, with music. Like if you're trying to like learn an yes. instrument or something, it's like you can't just be next <laughs> yes. to somebody else, right? Because you're just, making a lot just of fucking trumpet blast their ear yeah. holes off. And, uh, yeah. and I know it's actually one of the things that anytime I, because I consider, I actually have a ukulele at home, which I used to be able to play poorly, but at least to some mm-hmm. degree. And I used to sing a lot and all these things. But now every time I think about this, I'm like, this would uh, bother everyone. Yeah, I don't want to bother people, you know? And so it's really easy. It's, I think it's a lot harder to get around that that weird, like, loneliness aspect of of practicing a thing specifically for music i think it's kind of like multiplayer games right like there there's there's some games that i've played solo and i'm like i hate everything about this and yep. it's terrible and then you play it with another person and it's like generally a transformative experience yeah and minecraft yeah both of those games if you play by yourself honestly nothing really sucks until yeah. you've played multiplayer yeah and i think part of it is like that's kind of what skills acquisition is to a large degree like it's just mm-hmm. truthfully it's just way more it is way easier and way more fun to do a thing when you're doing it with someone else. Yep. It's just kind of like how it it's is. It's almost as if we, as Human weird beings, as weird smooth monkeys, with <laughs> no discernible physical prowess, built-in weapons or defense mechanisms of any kind, mm-hmm. yep. it's almost as if we need other people mm, in order to, to succeed. successful, yeah. And spears. And spears. <laughs> yeah. Those are helpful. Those two things and you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So structural problems. Fix your environment. And Get some spears. Get, Get some, some spears. people around you. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. We'd like to thank our producers, Fat Bard and Jen Coster, for putting the podcast together. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord running. To get more involved in the Butterscotch community, go to podcast.bscotch.net, where we have links to everything that you could ever possibly want. To, to also every version of the universe. Yep. Yeah. Well, and if you don't go to- Every time you click a link, we split the universe. <laughs> and here's so. the thing. You might think to yourself, I'm not going to podcast.bscotch.net. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> Yep. Maybe you're not. One of you. One of you is. <laughs> but the thing is, if it's not you, it's the wrong you. So, so get over make to podcast it, at BeastCutcher.net. Make yourself be in the right universe. <laughs> <laughs> make it be you. Thank you all for listening. 
We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.